so sore. Oh my gosh. I am so sore. Yeah. What did we even do yesterday? I am so sore today. Oh my goodness. You know it. Oh man, that workout on Friday had me sore all weekend long. All right. How does your body feel on a scale of zero to 10? Zero being you feel awesome. 10 being you got hit by a bus. Where are you at? Six. All right, not bad. Maybe today's day you take it easy. Definitely the deadlifts, heavy deadlifts. All right, finally, we're back. And Sarah, on a scale of one to 10, I'm, a, I'm about a nine right now. So uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, it has been way too long, um, but we are back. And welcome to the RU Sore podcast. This is Paul McAllister. We are recording live from Rift Lakes CrossFit here in Cypress, Texas, as always, in our spacious new digs that we've got here. That's That's been the delay, is always improving. That's kind of the attitude here. PJ never settles, and so um, as this gym grows, um, she is really proactive in making sure, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, we have everything we need. And so, uh, new office space, she even called me and even considered me in some of this. And so uh, I know one of our guests today was in here with uh, probably the largest group we've ever had in the, in the old setup, and it got pretty crowded. This is very spacious. Pretty fast. It's very yes. spacious. And there's very a working spacious. AC. It is. Oh, that it's is nice. Nice. This is very good. So uh, it is Saturday morning. We work nights and weekends here at RU Store. Um, one of my favorite classes that I typically like to attend is the 745 endurance class coached by our special guest today. I'm a little banged up, so I wasn't able to join. My vision was to come in here after the class and just sit here with Scott and be like, whew, man, that was good, man. <laughs> and I'm just, I could either just be disingenuous and pretend like I did it or... Just breathe heavily into the microphone <laughs> for a couple of minutes. <laughs> Mix yourself with some sweat. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> We've heard their voices already. Um, let me go around the horn real quick and introduce you to our guest today. Uh, to my right, she's been here before, and I warn all my guests, if you come in here and you do a good job, you're going to be <laughs> back in here again. And so the mom's episode that we did um, a few weeks ago was, was a big hit, and one of the standout performers in that is right here, Miss Kelly Burchett. <laughs> you got it this time. I've mispronounced her name for a really long time now to her face. and It doesn't bother me. It, obviously not. Either that or you just got to the point where you started enjoying it. You're like, to this, me, this idiot just says it wrong with 100% confidence. And I'm just going to. Just let do you it. are not the only one. And if you stick the landing, then I'm fine with it. Yeah, so awesome. I'm married into that name. It's what I got. So I don't take much offense to it, but it's an honor and a privilege to be back. Paul. Well, we love having you here. Um, Kelly's got a, a voice for radio and enthusiasm. And uh, she did work out in the class today. I did. And she's a regular with Scott, um, our, our main guest, who I've been trying to get in. Uh, for a long time. Scott is a hard man to pin down. You've got to get up early in the morning if you need yes. Scott's time. So uh, yeah. that's why we're here. So. Or it's weekends also. Weekends, yeah. Because I'm usually here Saturday, Sunday, Monday, uh-huh. and then not Tuesday through Friday. Right, right. So, yeah. so Scott, this is, this is his earth. This is his realm. This yeah. is the 745 <laughs> endurance class. Tell us a little bit about like the 
how the endurance class differs from a typical CrossFit or what's about to start here. In yeah, it's longer. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I've been programming endurance classes for about 10 years. So we started at CrossFit Cyprus and it used to be first it was just one night a week and then it was two nights a week. And we did that for about three years before CrossFit Cyprus closed and Bridge Lakes opened. And we maintained that same sort of Tuesday, Thursday mm -hmm. structure for a while and then added Saturday mornings and then took out the Tuesday, Thursday. So it's really just Saturday mornings now. And what I always try to program every week is a hero wad. So I have a really thick file at home. I, I may have the best list of hero wads that exists because I've taken all the ones from CrossFit plus all of the like unofficial ones. And so a hero wad is a workout that recognizes a first responder, military, police, fire, not even just Americans. We have ones for Canadian, Polish, Australian. Um, and so it recognizes the sacrifices that they made and usually the numbers of, you know, the duration of the workout or the rep scheme or something like that is specific to that person so that it memorializes them in some way. So like the example that everybody knows is Murph, which yeah. is named after Michael Murphy. And that was, it, it's funny, Murph, he didn't call it Murph. Yeah, he'd be like, Name it this after is, himself. Yeah, this is my workout. He called it body armor because he wore body armor. And so it was run a mile, 100 pull ups, 200 push ups, 300 squats, yeah. run a mile, all in in his body armor and so we do that once a year but we also do hero wads 51 other weeks out of the year yeah. um so yeah usually because they're a hero wad they're going to be longer they may not be that technical in terms of what the movements are so this morning's workout it started with wall balls then it was thrusters toes to bars running and it was supposed to be legless rope climbs but i had almost everybody pulling sleds instead okay. um and so not a lot of like high skill technique coaching goes into it, but a really good long, you know, 33 minute kind of grinding away at, at 85, 90% effort instead of, you know, five minutes at 100% effort. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, how'd it go, Kelly? It was, it was hard. Yeah. It was good, but you have knowing, okay, 33 minutes. Yeah. Like I can do anything for 33 minutes. And I think a hero oh, wad. <laughs> yeah. I think a hero wad too, like when you know you're doing it for, and Scott does a really good job of saying like who it's for, why it's there. So that kind of sits in your head too, that even when you think it's hard, you're like, okay, somebody literally died doing something like right. this. So I can, I can push on and do two more rounds. I can do five more thrusters. I can do, you know, run 200 more meters. So it makes it a lot more meaningful. And I know I look forward to the grind. I'm a cardio freak. So uh, yeah. I look forward to a grind on a Saturday morning. It's like a good way to kick off your weekend and just like literally die on the mat and then go home yeah. and start your day. This is a this is a table of cardio lovers here. It so is, yes. Like coming off of uh, the last show, if you remember back, uh, we had a bunch of strong guys with Steven and Justin and Corey. Wow, was strength. that the last episode? It was. Wow. It was. I know, it's been a long time. I know, I got yeah. like misty hearing the intro. I was like, excited. I'm like, I missed this. <laughs> So they, I even asked him in that, if, if you remember, I asked Steven directly, I was like, if you had to pick one over the other, he's like, oh gosh, strength any day of the week. I yeah. want to do snatches and squats and deadlifts all day long. And I, I couldn't be more, more different from him. So I've been thinking of all these, this is like my big question for you, Scott, that I, that I hope you can like peel back the layers on and kind of read the tea leaves. And I've been trying to think for 
literally for a while now of like a clever way to yeah to ask it. how to phrase it diplomatically how to phrase it diplomatically um <laughs> or, or have all this depth and this journalistic like you know creativity behind it and, and I, I came up with nothing so okay excellent yeah good start this is do you even like crossfit <laughs> and i hope you can see yeah. why yeah. i'm asking you that yep. i get your i get your question okay. i do yeah 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 it's funny um, I didn't choose CrossFit. Okay. CrossFit chose me. Oh, yeah, thug man. life. Um, write that yeah, <laughs> Scuck's life. That's what they Tattoo say in New Zealand. Um, so yeah, it's um, I do, um, okay. but I don't always like the way that it's practiced or the way that it's programmed. Uh-huh. Um, and so I follow. So Instagram. If you oh my gosh, if you looked at my phone. And you know, my Instagram feed, not my feed personally, but what I look at, or if you look at my, um, all of my camera roll, right. I'm just constantly like screenshotting workouts. And by constantly, I don't mean like 24 hours a day, but yeah. like I'll go through over the course of a day and I'll look at six or seven different CrossFitters and, and pull out the workouts that they're doing and identify the ones that I like. Um, and so I definitely like um, CrossFit workouts, but I don't always, I'll look at the way that some gyms program and honestly, including ours and say like, nope, nope, not a fan, not a fan, not, not a, a fan. fan because, and, and you're, you're going exactly down the path that I yeah. you went on this because you and I have had conversations before workouts, before where you start talking about it and you kind of start critiquing it with me yep. and you're like, I wish this instead of this or I'm gonna I'm gonna change it to this instead of this does it not work for you or do you think it's it's just not the best yeah way to go about sometimes both of those Uh so when I'm looking at a workout I usually have like an ideal in mind I like workouts that are elegant right and and sometimes I'll see workouts and I'll say like God, that's so clunky, mm-hmm. you know? Okay, you're gonna start off with 600 meters, then drop down to 400 meters, then drop down to 200 meters, okay. But you're gonna increase the reps on this other thing from 21 reps to 36 reps to 48 reps. And meanwhile, you're gonna do this third thing and the weight's gonna go from this to that to that. And I'm like, I mean, or you could just average those three things out, yeah. right? Have me do three rounds of 400 meters, the middle weight, the middle set of repetitions. And now I'm not like distracted looking up at the the board trying to figure out what's going on. And I understand that sometimes there's a purpose for those things. So like, so Fran is one of the most famous girl wads, right? 21 burpee, or, or sorry, 21 thrusters, 21 pull-ups, mm-hmm. 15, 15, 9, 9. And the fact that you're reducing the reps as you go means that you can keep that intensity level high. Yeah. And one time, seven or eight years ago, we decided to do three rounds of 15, 15, Fran, and it was awful because like trying to hit that 15 on the third time was like really, really hard. So like, I get it why you would want to reduce the amount of reps, but sometimes it's like you've lost the plot. You've gone for complexity when complexity wasn't needed. All that I needed was something simple and elegant and that'll get me, you know, to, to raise my heart rate for a little while. And so I will tend, I think if you looked at the workouts that I screenshot and I write down, a lot of times they're going to have a, a pretty simple structure right? It's a couplet or a triplet, maybe a fourth exercise, but usually the rep schemes aren't very complicated. You're not changing a lot of weights in the middle of the workout. 
So we did a hero wad recently that had sumo deadlift high poles at 95 pounds and shoulders to overhead at 115 pounds. Well, and you're doing like eight rounds of it, which means either you need two barbells or people are stopping in the middle of the workout and taking off weights and yeah. putting on weights. I hate that. That's my biggest pet peeve is when yeah. there's two yeah. barbell weights yeah. in a workout. Yeah. yeah. It's like, just give me the average weight in the middle and let me, yeah. Kelly and I uh, recently did a partner workout together and um, she had come over and helped me change my weights after the first rep. Okay. Because, uh, <laughs> you went for it though. I was proud of you. Yeah, that was... That was uh, that was a low in uh, the year and a half that I've been doing this. So, um, just a quick sh story. So we, Kelly's been coming to the night team lately since school started, which has been really cool um, because her kids are back in school and she has a little bit more flexibility. And so there was, it's a big class, and so every once in a while the workout kind of becomes a partner workout just for the sake of space and time. And it, Kelly and I decided to do it together. Paul took mercy on me and asked me to be his partner. Aww. <laughs> uh, starts out with a power clean. It was power clean. Okay. Five, five heavy. Five heavy. So I, I scaled the weight to a weight that for some reason I had this memory that I have been able to do before. Um, and we each had to do five and we decided before we were just going to do singles and alternate. And I was going to start. Countdown 10 seconds, music comes on, I fail the first <laughs> lift of this like 30 minute workout. And then I was like, oh, maybe that's just because I need it. I was like, I'll go, he'll get his next round. Yeah, All right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that, was, that was a one-off, failed the second. So then I'm like, okay, so Kelly's running over and I set us back a little bit, but- um, It was fine. Yeah, so that was that was one of those awkward ones where you know we had two different barbells going, but uh, it had to be done. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I, I think about this a lot. I think this is kind of, as I've become more experienced in this, I really wrestle with this 30 minute like endurance type class and the workouts that we do that are long and grueling versus just this seven minute blowout yeah. where obviously I've gotten a really good workout in and I'm trashed when I'm done, Yeah. but what did I accomplish in that? Yeah, and I, and that's a that's a genuine question. It's that runner mentality. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not just gonna go run seven so, minutes and be like, okay, hey, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I need to grind it out for at least thirty. So I'm the same as you. You go into a wad and it's like, oh, time caps ten minutes. I'm like, really? Right. Yeah. That's all I'm or, gonna do. But or, then, I, yeah. yeah, I'm trash. I can go hard and ten yeah. minutes is over, and I'm like, holy crap, I'm dead. I couldn't do that over again. Right. But when we used to do um, NorCal programming, there was a workout that we did like every four months called Cali Bear, <laughs> and all it is is one clean and jerk every 30 seconds for like 20 minutes. It seems so like, silly, but I'm sure it kills you. It, it did, but like I despised that workout because I was like, how boring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you would do one rep and then look at your barbell for 25 seconds. Mm -hmm. So if you added up the amount of time, like you just worked out for two minutes in the span of 20 minutes, yeah. you know, but it, it did accomplish something. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, it's good to have some variation. Like if all you did was come in and do 30 minute workouts at a lower intensity level, then, you know, you would be leaving some potential gains on the table okay. of, of being able to work out heavier weights higher intensity, yeah. shorter time period. Like that's going to be very effective. The problem is, and I, I looked at our programming over the last month. So I looked at August and we had 27 workouts programmed in August because 31 days minus four Sundays. Yeah. 
out of those 27 workouts, 14 of them were either 14, 15, or 16 minutes long. Like, that's just not a lot of variation. And the ones that weren't 14, 15, or 16 minutes were 12 and 20. Like, there were almost no of the under 10s, and there were no over 20-minute workouts. Like, it's all just being compressed. Because every day, we also have a strength component that's going to take up 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then you've got your warm-up and your cool-down. And so, by the structure of the workouts that we're doing, we end up with this, you know, well, we've only got 15 minutes for a workout, so we're going to do a 15-minute workout. And I, I don't particularly like that structure um, because it reduces the amount of variation. And I need to train for things that are a whole lot longer than 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, and so I just know, like, those are okay if I'm just exercising. If I'm trying to check the box in my calendar saying that I did something today, like a 15-minute workout is fine. But if I'm checking a 15-minute workout off every single day, I'm going to become highly specialized at working out for 15 minutes and then have to do a Spartan race that's four hours long. Like, what am, what am I going to do? Crash after a mile and a half yeah. and then have to suffer through three hours and 45 minutes because I didn't train for that? So, yeah, so I don't, I don't like workouts that are not creative or that just don't, you know, span the whole stretch of, of things. So, actually, one of my favorite workouts is a seven-minute long workout. It's called the Optimus Prime. And what you do is three, two, one, go, as many wall balls as you can. Oh, and at one minute, at one, at one minute, five deadlifts heavy. Yeah. Back to the wall balls. Two minutes, five more deadlifts. And it's seven minutes. So you're doing five wall balls at one, two, three, four, five, and six minutes. So mm -hmm. six times, or sorry, deadlifts, you know, 30 total. But you're trying to accumulate as many wall balls as you can. And it, I mean, if you get 100, you're a rock star and you're laying on the ground just writhing in pain. I love that workout, even though it's only seven minutes, because like, I'm, it's going to take me two days to recover from those seven minutes. Yeah. Um, but if it's seven minutes of, you know, toes to bars and, you know, I don't know, some, some other light movement, like, I'll recover for it, from it. You know, that's a warm up. Yeah. So, what, well, Kelly, I think when we were getting ready for that partner workout the other day, you, you said like you, you could not have like put like more. It was the three of my least favorite things. <laughs> exercises for me. Going so, it was yeah. power cleans and it what else? It was power cleans, toast to bar, and pull ups. Yeah. Okay. And that was it. You don't like hanging from the bar? I, Those are all pulling movements. Exactly. Yeah. So, it's like, okay, we're burning out the exact same thing across. Yeah. So, there wasn't really a rest of anything else. we had wall balls too we did the wall balls i didn't huh. mind yeah but yeah going from like a toes to bar straight into a pull-up like my grip is not fantastic sure. and we were it was a heavy barbell for the, the clean so yeah. yeah i looked at him i'm like these are like my least favorite so things what would be, like if you had to design <laughs> what would be like your ideal like workout so i know we're going to transition the into this here, well like, i was gonna say the higher rocks programming i really like okay. take a barbell out of all of it so talking about being a CrossFitter, like uh -huh. I'm a CrossFitter by accident as well. Like I'm more of like that boot camp, um, run, burpee, sled push, pull, bro, ski, wall ball, ball slam. You put a barbell into it, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I can do it. And I've I've come a really long way this year thanks to great coaching from Scott and other folks here, um, Sarah and PJ and Rodrigo. But it, that's not my jam. And I look at some of the weights and I just like laugh in my head. I'm like, there's no way I would love to be there. But on the flip side, I'd also rather maintain more cardio 
then get to be super strong, which some people, I mean, everybody has their own goals, but that's me. But yeah, well, cardio, Paul, cardio. Cardio, I'm with you. Um, I've made this comparison before, and I'm not, it's not original to me. I think I've talked with Steven and, and Corey about this, but like CrossFit is so similar to uh, golf to me because it's just one of these things that you, at least I never feel like I ever am going to perfect. And, and I'm, as soon as like I am riding high after a good week or something like that, I'm drugged down to earth by <laughs> neck injury that's inexplicable or, or, or something else. Um, and then some of the movements in it are so hard to perfect, like a golf swing, like snatches, for example. Um, Scott, I would, I would ask you, like, if you were, if a new athlete was coming in and let's just kind of, let's just kind of make this person similar to someone like me or Kelly who came in who's always been active, but have never done this, you know, one of the, one of the best golf lessons I ever heard was if you're a weekend warrior and you want to lower your score, you just need to be practicing from 100 yards in air. Hmm. Like, if you can improve that, you're going to drop strokes on your game. What are, like, two or three exercises or movements in here that somebody come, coming in that you would say, hey, as you're getting introduced to this, as you're getting, this is what I would recommend you really focus on because these are like foundational exercises that you're going to see a lot and if you can really get these down then that's going to transcend into a lot of other stuff they do yeah is it a man or a woman and i have a really specific reason for asking that yeah, question yeah. let's start go both ladies first ladies first so one of the things that most of the women want to be able to do that haven't been able to do is a pull-up and so for most women, I would say, like, you need a lower body pushing movement. Um, so, you know, assault bike is a good one. One of the great things about assault bike is you can, because you're only pushing, you're not tearing the muscle at all, right? So you're not, you know, under load while that muscle is shortening. It's only push and then push and push. And so you can come back and do it again day after day yeah. and not, and so... That's a really good if you just want to like build strength and not like walk around feeling sore all the time. And then I would progress on to box jumps. I think okay. a box jump because it's it's a lengthening movement, but it's also a power movement. It's a power movement without needing a barbell or a dumbbell or anything. It's just jumping. So is there but, like is there a way to get better at that other at than just jumping doing it more? Because it seems like such a I mean, we start jumping more kids. Yeah. Uh, but like, when I think of box jumps compared to deadlifts, for example, sure. you know, yeah, somebody is going to come and you're as my coach, you're gonna, yep. you're going to move me and mold me into the right position to make sure I'm doing that correctly. Yep. Box jumps is just one of those things that seems it's just kind of like part of it. It is not. Okay. Yeah, there's actually a lot of technique involved in it, right? Things as simple as how high you pull your knees, mm -hmm. right? So I watch one of my favorite athletes is Gus who comes at the 6 a.m. class Gustavo um, I, I love Gus he was when we did like athlete of the month years ago he was one of the first people that we chose and when I was reading his story I was like no way I would not have believed like he's lost a ton of weight um, and so he was a big guy that didn't exercise love him as much as I do he terrifies me when he does box jumps and he knows it because he like barely skims over the edge of the box when he's landing and he lands forward with his shoulders in front of his hips 
Um, and so like he's worked on it. He's been progressing, but man, I mean, he, he terrifies me. And I will say, I know that there's a, a, a part later where Scott gets to defend himself. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, do a whole lot of that, but I was here when Liz tore, you know, hit the box sure. yeah. and tore her shins down. Um, I've had stitches like, in my shit. You do not forget yeah. that feeling. Oh. Yeah. And so like, yeah. So I'm like, especially nervous when, when I see box jumps that are being poorly done in terms of like how people land, but also how you take off. I mean, there's one point, um, where, uh, Sarah and I were watching Corey from behind doing box jumps and we could see his knee with valgus a little bit. So a valgus is a movement in towards the midline of your body. You want as much as possible for your knees to be out. And he was kind of rolling his ankles in a little bit and jumping with his knees in almost like there was a famous video of RG three, like 10 years ago doing, doing some vertical jumps and he's starting with his feet under his hips and his knees dive in, in the middle of his body. And in some Cairo was watching it and saying like that dude's going to have knee trouble later. And then like, you know, six months later he's tearing his knee because of that particular motion. And so yeah, with the box jump, but a lot of people it's psychological more than anything else. Right. I mean, and that's part of performance as well. It's not just the physical positioning of the movement and application of force. It can be mental, like how high are you jumping? And so like my wife hates box jumps and I'll try and get her to jump. But you know, some of the things you can do is instead of jumping onto a box, jump onto a stack of plates and you start with four inches, then eight inches and 12 inches, then maybe, you know, put on 15 pound plates instead of 45 pound plates until people get used to it. But then, you know, how wide you land with your feet, where your knees are, how high you're pulling your knees. Like you could spend months like perfecting a box jump, how quiet you are when you land. I'm the loudest of anyone in the box. Like I will come slamming down on top of the box to make sure that the people across the street heard us. Uh, because well, that's how uh, I make sure I clear. Go get your feet yeah. up over. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, maybe it was about a year ago, having box jumps in, in one of our workouts. And thankfully, I've never, I'm pretty conscientious about making sure that I get my feet up high enough, yeah. my knees up, because I, I am so fearful of my shin hitting the corner of that box. But what I kind of and can lose focus on is how fatigued I'm getting during the workout. and one of the clumsiest, most embarrassing falls I've ever had in here was going from one side to the other. My, I just drug my back foot when getting off the box and the grip of my shoe just, oh, caught, yeah. just caught the top of the box. And I ended up in this like baby giraffe, like splay <laughs> and, and yeah. where I fell. And then I lay there for like, two seconds kind of taking this quick head to toe inventory do the body scan yeah and then i'm like looking around to see how many people saw that and it was like jason ferris was next to me and he was so like dialed in he's like paul are you okay and i was like yeah fine man shut up (laughs) don't worry about it he probably doesn't remember what happened either like in his workout call that doing a paul (laughs) yeah no (laughs) it has a name now no it didn't but now it might no. <laughs> no, but there is a point to that. There was a workout the other day. It was like 21 box jumps yeah. and I got to 10 and I'm like, oh my gosh, my legs are dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, that turns into step ups because again, I've yeah. been in the emergency room for stitches and a shin. I don't need it. But you do have to, sometimes you don't think about that. You're like, here's the number. I have to do this movement. I'm going for it. And it catches up with you yeah. more quickly than you think it's going to. Yeah. I don't do box jumps and assault bike or echo bike. I don't do box jumps and deadlift. 
Yeah, because for right. some reason, like my the those muscles just won't fire. Right. Yeah, you know, I'll get off the echo bike and you know already sort of feel that lactic acid, and I'll walk over to the box and try to jump, and like my left leg is glued to the floor <laughs> for some reason. It's my <laughs> nope. left, my right goes, you know, and then I'm like turning like sideways. I'm like, nope. No, from, nope. Uh, one time we transitioned from GHD sit-ups to rope climbs. Oh, God. Oh. I mean, yeah. It was like, I always stressed. <laughs> I remember jumping up, coming off of that, jumping up and grabbing that rope for the first time. It's like I grabbed like a live electrical wire. I just bounced off of it when yeah. I tried to raise my knees because my abs were so There's yes. nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's how you know you're doing a rope climb right, right? right? Like people think that a rope climb is an arm movement uh -huh. and it takes arm strength. I'm like, not if you know how to clamp. Yeah. Right. Because if you can clamp your feet, then it's, you know, abs because you're trying to pull your feet all the way as high as you can get them. And then legs because you're just standing up like your hands are just controlling the, the rope. Keeping you on the rope. Yeah. 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 This full circle moment the other day in class where there was this new guy who came to 915 and we had rope climbs. And uh, he came up to me after class and, and asked me, like, basically, like, how how did you learn to do that? And I learned to do that because Scott taught me how, and I'll never forget you sitting down next to me and uh, sitting on that box, yes. working on locking that rope in my feet yes. over and over. And I just told him, I was like, man, you just got to get this down yeah. first. It, it takes a lot of patience, it though. It really does. And it was frustrating for yes. me. Because I remember the first time I tried it, it like, it was a total fluke, but... I locked it perfectly and I climbed all the way to the top like a gymnast yeah. and came back down and I don't think I did it again for another <laughs> month. <laughs> it's enough to dangle the carrot in yeah. front of you. Yeah. So I used to actually fear rope climbs. Uh -huh. Like that was one of the things that we, um, Stephen and I, the very first time he and I worked out together, we did 31 Heroes and this was eight, probably eight years ago because it was back at crossfit cypress and he did all the rope climbs because you know you've got to clamp those feet yep. and when that rope is pushing down on the top of your feet and those bones like it hurts and i just didn't like that hurt and then i also didn't like being high off the ground i have i get really nervous when i get you know if i'm on the second story of a building and i look over the edge of it like i don't like it at all so the idea of being 15 feet up with nothing below me um was really scary but what what got me away from that was spartan races like you've got to do it in a spartan to race say, a tough mudder spartan yeah that's where i've got my rope climbs yeah. down it's and like so, survival yeah at that point. yeah so it's like look if i want to do this thing well yeah then i've got to be able to do rope climbs and so i i invested the time in learning how to do rope climbs but actually um i don't know if you, you neither of you have met uh, a former coach that we had named daniel uh, he taught me the trick of clamping my feet. He was the one who taught me the, you know, kick out with the outside of your right foot like you're passing a soccer ball and then kick under with your left foot like you're passing a soccer ball. And then, you know, I modified the next couple steps to make it a little bit more secure for myself and got comfortable with it. But like I needed someone to point me in the right direction too because until then, like I was just grabbing onto the rope and pulling as hard as I could with my arms and then hoping that my knees and you know the inside balls of my feet would hold on to it which is not the way to go well, that was so. uh I think it was the last thing I had on Justin Bailey before he uh, he finally got over was his rope climbs he did not like yeah he was scared to get up there yeah um, and then he got over that and now yeah it's 
it's actually my favorite thing now. Yeah. Like, and that's, so you do them all the time. Yeah, I love them. Um, it's it's up in like my top two or three favorite things to do um, because I think partly I know where I started. Um, so there's a, a famous Carl Jung quote that says, you know, wherever your fear is, there is your task. And I really like take that to heart. Like, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there are so many. I have like a stack. Of, Lessons by Scott. Yeah. But so like we were doing sled poles this morning in place of the legless rope climbs. And people were saying like, wow, that's like really hard. And my, my response to that always is, then we probably ought to do them more often. Yeah. You know, like anything that you think is, is easy, we should just discard and move away from. Or we should do, you know, hundreds of reps in a hurry in a warm up or something, but like not make it part of the workout. But if pulling a sled and using your arms and bracing and using your lower back is challenging, then I'll bet it would be beneficial to do it every week yeah. until we get better at it. So, yeah. Kelly, what, what mountain are you trying to climb right now? Like, is there something that you're like specifically trying to work on and get better at double unders yes. oh, you're gonna be so good at those i like, can speed just... rope like nobody's yeah. business yeah. i i my old gym we just did speed so i can like barely hop off the ground and mm -hmm. just get that rope around for some reason getting a double under so i could have now strong 15 together consistently oh, you so it. you know that's my goal by the open yeah is to have my double unders because that's really the thing that holds me back from being able to do rx it's so funny that you say that because that was that was the reason that i worked on to get mine was yeah. for the open i knew i was not going to be able to they always have them. if i couldn't do this yep so uh rodrigo actually taught me and um man it really just took that that discipline of literally just spending five minutes in my garage every day. I've tried for three years. You want to talk about loud, Scott. I still have the video of the first time I strung 10 together in my garage <laughs> and it was, it was like an elephant. It was like jumping off. <laughs> like but you and got I'm, it. I'm walking towards my phone to turn the <laughs> so, but um, yeah, but yeah, you're. you're I saw you for that. You yeah. did flight simulator. You did, I did yeah. which I'm super proud of you for because yeah, sure. that is a really challenging. Well, I got my kids all into it because I kept thinking, you know, I was like, how cool, like almost like a party trick because there, there ain't no high school yeah. kids that can do double unders, you know, <laughs> just to be able to like pull that out around your friends and be like, have you ever tried these before? You yeah. Know? So my son got them and my daughter got them, and uh, so it's it's cool. I, I love them. It's one of the things that came easiest to me in here for some weird reason, but like Toast Bar is now like my focus. Yes. I, I am, um, I got real motivated after I went to the BCS Classic and watched uh, Steven and Matt and Rich Froning uh, do that. And, you know, it's just one of those things that, one of the last things I kind of dodged in yeah. here, I just didn't like them. Because you don't have lats. Because I don't have lats. I don't have lats either. So let's go. Let's get right there. <laughs> right. So, Scott. Yeah. Scott is, it's taken him so long to get in here, but he has been brought up, I think, probably <laughs> since the very first episode. Because he's the professor. Like, he, he is, has so he much is. knowledge on this does, and does, does such a good job of, like, critiquing. But has some strays in here. <laughs> yeah. I heard that. Oh, that too. So I like the fact that you did an, an impression of me when you told the story as well. And I was like, yeah, I bet I sounded exactly like that. <laughs> What's funny is I probably didn't say, you know, the way that you heard it. But that's like really important to hear. Like sure. people don't always hear 
the exact phrasing. They, mm-hmm. They're going to interpret it their own way. Yeah. And I can sometimes come off as being like probably hypercritical. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, good. You know, maybe I didn't even, maybe I had some, you know, verbal moderation around it. But what you heard is, you don't have lats. Well, you know, and like, yeah. <laughs> well, because other things weren't happening. Right. And I'll, and I'll tell you, since I've been working on those, I've noticed a major difference in other things that I do because of that. And I just, I never gave that exercise enough credence. Yeah. I think that it was, I thought it was just some, something that people like PJ were going to be good at, you know, yeah. or have like a dancer gymnast background. And for guys, it was just always going to be real clumsy looking. Um, but it's, I saw, I could see like physical changes in me since I started focusing on it. More lats. More lats. Lats. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, I so actually, there's the, there's yeah, that's explanation. Yeah, um, I actually started liking that that movement. Reebok put a commercial into the Super Bowl three or four years ago, and they made a big deal out of it. Like, we're doing a CrossFit ad in the Super Bowl. Watch the Super Bowl and watch for our ad. We paid $2 million for it. And one of the things that they had was, like, this restaurant worker who goes out back, and he's just doing, like, stringing together toes to bars, just hanging from a railing outside of it. I'm like, that dude looks awesome. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I want to... I want to look like that too. Well, um, you can you can speed up workouts too. Like what I another thing that I kind of harkened back on when I decided to start focusing on was there was a there was an open workout that they were in this year, and I think we had to do like fifty. Yeah. Yes. You and, and I, I, did, I did singles. Ref for that, and you and I was trying to string them together, and you're like, "Cal, just do singles." And, and it took forever. It did. And I just started thinking, you know, I could get to the point where I could do that in sets of ten. Like that's going to take it's a huge two yeah. minutes off of that, that work. There's a, uh, a brilliant CrossFit New England workout. It's called, I think it's Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, they, did, they did a bunch of uh, like, you know, superhero, super villain workouts. Yeah. Um, it's either Vader or Bane. And all it is is deadlifts and toes to bars. And what you do is you start off with one deadlift, 10 toes to bars. Then two deadlifts, nine toes to bars, three and eight. And so you start off and you're like, deadlift and you're like whipping through these toes to bars and then you get a little bit further into the workout and you've done just this huge mass you know 27 35 toes to bars and you've still got like 20 to go and your you know your lats are toast your abs your grip and you're like doing singles you're like what is happening yeah yeah it's just terrible but in a great way someone is responsible for what happened and i can't say who that is but i know it's not me we gotta skip ahead because uh, Kelly has shoehorned in this podcast in between her workout and her soccer mom duties. All the things, so yeah. Have to get out of here soon, so I don't want to let her off the hook. Okay. Without a good old-fashioned round of you not me. So just because you've done it before, <laughs> the fact that you're in here again means you have to do it again. Fair. So, Fair. I signed uh, up for it. So yeah, kind of in the spirit of we're in fantasy football season. Yes. You and I are in a league together. We are. A big part of fantasy football is trades. So I started thinking, I've got Scott, who's kind of the, the, the coach, the regular coach of the early, early morning class, Kelly, a, a regular attender of his early morning classes. The people who go to those are very, you, you kind of set your watch by the folks that are going to show up at those. If you had to trade one of your early morning athletes for someone that you 
never see at those morning classes. Oh, an evening. Oh. Who, would, who would be involved in that trade? So you have to choose someone to go. And also go. Someone oh, we got to kick someone off the boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then, okay. That's what makes it hard. I don't know who I kick out. I know who people I'd like to see. Yeah, well, that's easy. Huh. Oh. I would answer that. Yeah. I would love to answer this, but I'm not going to. Yeah, because that it's say. you, not yeah. me. Right. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's tricky. Scott, you go first. Yeah. Well, I know one, one athlete that used to do mornings all the time. And that I only see when I come here to coach High Rocks on Wednesday nights um, is Eduardo. Uh-huh. So he used to be a morning person. He yeah. was 6 a.m. And I, I miss seeing him, especially because I think he's he's really been developing oh a lot. Gosh. He's changed. So yeah. Much. And like we, whenever I come in, I'm just like so happy to see him. Um, and so I would be really happy to see him again. So yeah, he, he's definitely one that I would want to come back to the mornings, but then I have to, I have to choose someone to leave also. Yeah. Good question. Is it for their benefit or for my benefit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so there are a couple athletes that come that are regulars early in the morning that I think would benefit from being around more competition. Um, and that they've maybe gotten a little bit complacent because they're working out within the mornings, right? So um, Ben Walsh is one of them who, like, he comes pretty regularly in the mornings, but I don't know that he comes during the rest of the day. And I know he, like, checks the leaderboard and stuff, but, yeah. like, he would probably benefit from being here in the afternoons and seeing Against, what some like of the other... Against, like, a Jacob other, and yeah, Matt and Yeah, what some of the other... Yeah. And, instead of... It, he's the one who always, like, sets the bar early in the morning, and yes. then everybody gets to beat it. Right. And so, like, I think it would be really good for him. Another one is Lloyd. Um, Lloyd is, if, if we end up talking about who comes regularly to the 5 and 6 a.m.s, Lloyd is one of my real favorites. And, and he knows it, too, um, for those early classes, because he's just, like, he's, he's just a happy person right. in general and always, like, funny and engaging. But I think he might, you know, benefit from being around some of the afternoon athletes and seeing, like, okay, like, you know, I can be better. I can I can challenge myself sure. more. You know, get ahead of Brian Cipher, things like that. And so, yeah, yeah. That's good. All right, mine. I miss Brian Herrera in the mornings. I know he's found his sweet spot at nine fifteen. He's never coming back. I respect it. But when I first started, um, he was a regular in the mornings, and as of Leslie, um, and their energy in the morning is just unmatched and fun and fine and great. And kind of to your point, Scott, I love working out in the mornings with Justin, but I also think that he could do the same of like getting with a Matt, a Steven. I mean, I know him and Ben typically, if it is a competition or a partner wad, like they'll work together, but I think they would do really well. Again, not being able to like compete and not have somebody try to beat them later in the day. Yeah. Or I would vote myself because there's no max weight rep anything that I'm going to do at five or six in the morning. I'm much more successful than I have a teen or noon. So, yeah. Uh, you guys are too smart. We we outthought it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't kick out. I mean, Leslie's my person. I can't kick her out. She would not have taken that well. No, she's not. not have taken <laughs> that well. I know. First, you have to think. Well, yeah. You also have to think about who's never going to listen to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. All of the Spanish speakers at 6 a.m. Like, you guys are yeah, gone. You're fine. I, yeah. <laughs> I love them, but I, I worry that 
I, I can't communicate that effectively with yeah. the 6 a.m.ers because there's a big Latin contingent. And sometimes I'll see Gus over there translating to some of the other ones. And it's, you know. Yeah. Rodrigo does such a good job with it. I've told him, like, you need to t- coach a class all in Spanish and make the rest of us yeah. keep up. Like, Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I love about Andy Perez is he taught himself Spanish. He said, like, you know, he, he I don't think he grew up speaking Spanish. And for part of his job, he has to do presentations, and he has a lot of Spanish-speaking workers. And so he just started doing some of the presentations. And at first, they would say, like, come on, let us, you know, we'll translate it for you. But he really wanted to learn to speak Spanish so that he could communicate it, and he did. And I think that's just awesome. Kelly, Kelly's, like, stacking up her stuff. I must leave you. No, I'm, like, the husband's outside. Like, we got to go. So Hi, Dane. Yeah. Dane will not listen to this podcast. We talked about CrossFit too much. Yeah. But he loves you. He might listen for you, Scott. He's not going to listen to me. So thank you, boys. This was you fun. Have a good one. Scott, you're an economics professor at University of Houston. I, I'm actually in the political science department. Are you? Yep. Okay. Even though I teach statistics. Statistics. Okay. Yep. Sorry about that. That's all right. I imagine that just because you you have to have a good time for those type of things to do what you do like how how do you see that like playing into your your crossfit mentality yeah if you if you're ready with the gong sound (laughs) a few years ago i heard the quote how you do anything is how you do everything and that really resonated with me because i realized like i have a certain personality i am extremely methodical about everything that i do so like when I'm getting ready to teach a new subject, I won't just, you know, do it once and say like, okay, I've, I've mastered this one time. You know, that's not mastery. That's just being able to do one example. So like I teach the normal distribution and I have like a file that probably has 30 or 40 examples worked out by hand that I just like until I'm, you know, until I've done it so many times that it's become second nature, I don't necessarily know that I'm doing it right. And so it's, it's the same way with CrossFit. I'm super methodical about everything. So every workout that I do, I write down, I take notes on it. Um, I'll write down what it was supposed to be and what I modified it to. I'll write down what the weather was like so that if I ever have to repeat it, because I think one of the really valuable things about CrossFit is the repeatability part. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I don't know gets enough credit because everybody wants to write a new workout but man there's some value to doing a workout that you did two years ago and comparing yourself then against yourself now but you know in houston weather conditions change i could do a workout in in september and it could be 70 degrees or it could be 105 degrees and i want to know what that difference Uh is so like I, I include a lot of details and I want to know, like if I modified the workout from what it was supposed to be, what did I change it to? Maybe what, what else was going on? And so I'm the same way with coaching also. Like, so, so one of the things that I don't know how many of the athletes know, I'm the only coach here that writes programming and I don't write the regular, you know, we buy the, um, mayhem programming, but that's, you know, the flex and the regular CrossFit classes and an occasional, you know, other workout or like the kids or teens. But I write the endurance workouts myself and I have for 10 years um, between CrossFit Cyprus and here. And then I write all the High Rocks workouts that we do oh, okay. on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. So, and so like 
one of the things that I like doing is I have a syllabus in mind. And so, you know, we are working towards something and it's we're stacking skills on top of other things. So right now we're in the middle on the Saturday morning endurance classes. We're doing planks before we do the hero wad because we haven't been doing planking. We did an ab challenge, but there's almost no planking, but you've got to build midline strength. And so, you know, I'll, I like to choose something that we can work on for, you know, two months or so, and then maybe we move on to something else, yeah. but it's always skills-based. So we actually did like 10 weeks of rope climb training a few years ago, where one week we would work on arm pulling strength, the next week we would work on foot clamps and go back and forth. And so when I'm writing programming, I'm normally thinking about, you know, of uh, three, four, or six week, or maybe longer cycle. So I also do all of the MRF programming. So when we're training for MRF, we didn't do it this year. Mayhem said we'll provide MRF programming, but I know Crystal was messaging me and saying like, next year, will you provide the MRF programming again? Because we like jumped from doing 60% of MRF to doing 100% of MRF in, yeah. in one week. Whereas mine is much more gradual. You start off at 50 and you're, you're increasing, but, but not just doing like percentages of MRF. Like for me, the push-ups are the hardest part. Right. And so I'm going to stack the workout so that we're doing proportionately more push-ups and not a lot of squats. You're going to get squats the rest of the week when you're deadlifting and squatting and thrusters and squat cleans and things like that. But we're not doing a lot of push-ups or bench press. So, you know, so I like to think about each individual workout within the context of a lot of other things. Um, and I think that makes me a better, a better coach because I, I try to understand the motivation, not just the words that are written, you know, and I'll, I'll often change the warmups. I'll say like, this isn't going to be an effective warmup. We're going to do this other thing instead. Um, because I, I think I have a, a sense of where we're trying to get to. So how's just kind of, as we start thinking about wrapping up, I did want to get like some of your. Uh, impressions of, of the new Hyrox program. How's that been going? Um, not as well as I think we thought it would. Um, so, so Hyrox had been at F45, um, and they had a number of athletes over there that were doing it, and they were doing I think one day a week, Sunday mornings, ten o'clock. Um, and F45 decided to to not renew their contract with Hyrox. And so we decide, you know, we can pick it up. It's not super expensive and it would be an additional thing that we could do here. There aren't other gyms. So anyone who's listening may be saying like, why are they talking about the Oreo-like cookies? Those are Hydrox. Um, Hyrox is a fitness racing competition um, that does eight movements with running in between. So you run uh, one kilometer and then you do a ski erg, and then you run and you do a sled push. You run, you do a sled pull, you run, you do burpee broad jumps. And so it's these eight movements um, and it's always the same. So unlike the open, unlike any competition that you go to where the workout is something novel that you've never done before, with high rocks, it's always the same training. So something like F45, it probably made sense for them because it's not, as long as you have rowers and ski ergs, you don't need barbells, right? There's no barbell part. It's sandbag lunges. It's burpee broad jumps for distance. Um, and so it's, it's requiring a little bit of different programming than we typically, typically use and slightly different equipment. We need more ski ergs, for example. So anyways, F45 had been doing it, didn't renew. PJ decided to pick it up. 
Um, one of the coaches was coming over here from there, Mercedes, um, who also coaches water polo and knows a lot of people through the fitness industry. And she said, like, you know, we'll have 30, 40 people show up on a Sunday morning for doing high rocks. And we're like, heck yeah, like that's a lot of people. That could be a lot of energy. And so we did a Hero Wad, um, a new one, the thousand by a thousand. And Mercedes, you know, put out a, a call like, hey, high rock, or uh, at 45 people show up, come visit Bridge Lakes CrossFit, do this workout. And a ton of people showed up. And I think we were thinking like, wow, this is really going to grow. And instead, what we've got is five or six really committed athletes, which is good, and I like them, and I like working with a small group, a, a sort of a clique of really committed athletes, but we haven't gotten like this big surge of you know 30 new athletes that all show up you know a parking lot full of cars i don't recognize on a on a sunday morning um i think that's really unfortunate i I say this because we had a f45 athlete come and try us out uh earlier this summer that was coming 9 15 and um and she was working out next to me and she was really good and, and was really enjoying it but it was as simple as they work out indoors and we work out basically outside. Yeah. It could not have been any hotter at that time. Yes. And it was, I think it came down to just like not being able to, not being accustomed yeah. to working. So I wonder how much that has to do with it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, my, you know, I think PJ and I, if, if we, you know, sat down eye to eye and talked about what our goals with it were, probably she and I would have different goals from it because she's a business owner. It's so funny. One of the people the other day said like, um, wow, PJ's like a really good businesswoman. And I thought like, I I told her this. I'm like, I don't think of you as a businesswoman. (laughs) Like, I just don't, right? Because she's been a friend and an athlete and um, I think of her as a leader, as someone who like, sets an objective and says like this is something that we're going to do and it may be hard but like this is what i want to accomplish with it and people will follow her i've followed her you know but but she is a businesswoman also and she needs to make it financially viable if she's going to buy new ski ergs there has to be a payoff for her my preference would be i don't care whether we get new athletes what i want is the athletes that we already have to get stronger, fitter, faster, have more variety, be more confident, you know, be able to go home happy that they spent the best hour of their day doing a workout that I wrote. Like that's so just affirming to know that someone did a workout that I wrote and they really enjoyed it and thought that they got something out of it. And so, you know, as, as a coach and a programmer, like I have different goals than PJ did. And and so I know that you and Brian have been doing the workouts um, and Crystal's been doing them and PJ has been doing them. And when PJ will text me and tell me what times you guys got. And I'm like, I just love the fact that people are doing my workouts. Um, and so that's, that's part of what keeps me going is knowing that like I'm making a contribution to other people's fitness. Um, well, you definitely are. And um, I think that's, that's a great way to kind of tie this off. It's, I told my story about rope ponds earlier and how I'll always associate you with teaching me that. And anybody you talk to that's been coming here for any amount of time, the more you get to know them, there's ultimately going to be a point where they talk about how Scott <laughs> impacted something in their development. Like, you just, 
too good of a teacher. Um, and this is way over to getting you in here because of that. So this is one that I think, uh, because I have to listen to these over and over again because of the editing, <laughs> I'm actually gonna like continue to benefit from them because there was so much good stuff in here. So anything else you wanna get off your chest before? Yeah, okay, so two, two things. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, one one positive, one negative. So there seems to be some confusion about my age. Um, Nicole, actually, she was like, Paul keeps saying that I talked about how old you are, and I didn't, you know? So uh, so this is for you, Nicole. So I'm 27 years old. No. <laughs> I actually, um, I turn 50 next week. So I am almost 50 years old. So, which is why I'm like, you know, how long, I'm wondering, like, how long can this go on? Yeah. How long can I keep getting out there and hitting it? Right. But, yeah, so so I'm currently 49, which is why I was trying to talk Andy into being my partner for the uh, for the competition. Yeah. And I said we could be, you know, our team name could be something like 103 years old because <laughs> between the two of us, that's how long we've, yeah. But, um, so, yeah, so that's my age. The other thing is... Um, so I have a saying that I that I use for a lot of athletes, and I, I attribute it to Arthur Ashe, um, who was a tennis player in yep. the 60s and 70s, and a lot of people knew him because he contracted AIDS through a blood transfusion, um, but I know of him because he was a UCLA great. Um, uh, so the quote that I attribute to him and that I've said to a lot of athletes is, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And that's always, always, always when I see a new athlete, when I see an injured athlete, is, you know, accept the reality of your situation, but let's do what we can today. And that's good enough because I want them to go home feeling like they've, they've hit, you know, at least some level of performance for that day that was what they were capable of, but not far below the maximum that they were capable of. And so, yeah, so I've said that to a, you know, probably half of the athletes in here. Start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. Uh, that's, uh, that is sage wisdom, and it's certainly, it's, it's timely for me right now, as I am kind of a little banged up, so um, awesome. Well, again, I thank you so much for your time. I know you're hard to track down, and uh, it's a Saturday morning, but uh, this was, this was good stuff. It was fun for me, too. You'll be back. <laughs> All right, Scott. Have a good one. Thank, Thank you. you, sir. Well, that was about as intelligent as it gets on this show. I really appreciate it. Scott and Kelly for coming in here today. Um, yeah, I was telling them after we got done, I could have to listen to these things over and over while I'm editing, and this is probably one where I'm actually going to benefit from it because um, there's so much good content. Uh, so thanks again, Scott and Kelly. It is so good to be back uh, here. Um, loving the new room and the space. It's only going to get better. Uh, our next show, believe it or not, is going to be episode number 10. I never thought it would get this far. We've got a pretty creative way of celebrating it in mind, so look forward to that. The tallest man on earth. I love this Swedish little weirdo. He's going to take us out today. Somebody broke into his bus at his last tour stop and stole all of his guitars. I thought that was very uncool. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. Give it your best and a little bit more. We'll see you next time.